fifth person voted out of Survivor. Stephanie, that's five. That's enough. You need to bring me a torch. Hello and welcome back to the Brink of Reality podcast. My name is Ryan Brink and I am here today to bring you a Survivor X interview today with someone who I think is a genuinely good player and someone who got very unlucky in Stephanie Johnson. So I'm going to hit play on that podcast very shortly, but before I do, just a quick reminder that our podcast is up for an Australian Podcast Award and uh, thank you so much to those people who have already reached out and told me that they have voted for us. It only takes 30 seconds. You can find the link in our show links just below and anyone who does that, just reach out and let me know. I really, really appreciate it. All right, pressing play on this podcast. Enjoy. Line, I'm patching in one of my absolute favourites from this season of Survivor, Ghost Island, Stephanie Johnson. Stephanie, how are you going? Good, how are you, Ryan? Stephanie, I'm disappointed that I'm chatting to you so early in the season. Uh, I'm shocked. This is just so disappointing. Aww, I am too. It was so gut-wrenching, wasn't it? <laughs> it was so hard to watch. Stephanie, I'm going to jump straight in, and I've got to ask you, watching the episode, I had this sense of emotion, and I feel like that's what the episode really encompassed. What was it like for you having to sit back and watch it all these months after actually living it? You know, especially the tribal, I feel like I was kind of in shock during it. You know, I don't remember a lot of that, those last, you know, of that last tribal and leaving, because I think that, you know, all of a sudden it's like your dream is coming to an end and your heart has like been stabbed and bleeding and you're just, it's so sad. But so we watching that, it's like I was watching this girl who was, first of all, fighting for her life. I, I was absolutely fighting with everything I had out there. And then watching myself kind of live this shocked moment. And so it was really, it was almost like a surreal feeling watching it back and seeing seeing it all go down, but it also was very disheartening and sad, and it made me cry a lot. Can you talk a little bit about this? You are reportedly a really big fan of Survivor. Can you talk about where that all started and how that led to you eventually applying to be on the show? Yeah, absolutely. So I started watching, you know, 17 years ago, season one, and what drew me in was the adventure of it. This was really pre-even cell phone days, and social media. So to watch something on my TV that was so far away, it was in this faraway land. And I always had this sense of wanderlust and adventure in me. But then I've always, I love the dynamic of this group of strangers getting together and relying on each other and meeting some, you know, meeting all these people from different backgrounds. So ever since the first episode I watched, I was completely drawn in and I knew that I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted that experience. Yep. So I started applying season two and got on 36. <laughs> so for anyone out there, it only takes a good 17 years. You and Brendan have a lot in common in that. Yes, we do. You know, if, if you want something, just wait 17 years and eventually it'll manifest. <laughs> but you just got to wait 17 years. <laughs> uh, to me, it felt like you were in trouble pretty much as soon as you had the swap. Did you feel that going into that swap uh, in a minority? And, and what were you doing to try and put yourself in a better position? Absolutely. As soon as we, you know, got the numbers of five, four, the first thing that all four of us did was we really strategized and we tried to find cracks in that alliance. And we tried to see who was friends with who and, 
you know, talk to people, but they made it very apparent within the first day that they hated our camp and they weren't working with us. They weren't talking to us. And so it was really up to us to try to find an idol, try to do something to throw the game if us four were going to stay loyal to each other. And we, we did, I mean, we lucked out and we found an idol and, you know, we, we slung for it, we missed. And then at that point, it was once again, like us three are fighting for our lives and even a little bit more devastation. So it was, it was fighting for our life ever since the numbers. And I think that Morgan getting voted out gave us a little bit of hope because that five were fractured, but our five, it was like beating your head against a cement wall. They were not budging. Yeah. My, you know, Bradley and Kellen had those three just like on a leash. Well, can you talk a little bit about that then? Because it, it did appear that Bradley and Kellen seemed to be the power of that five. You seemed to butt heads a bit with Bradley this season. What was that relationship really like? Absolutely. Um, Kellen and Bradley were a power couple. I mean, I called them out at, at Brendan's Tribal Council for it and said, you know, the other three, you're just following these guys down. And Bradley and I, we have a love-hate. Um, on a personal level, we had great conversations out there, you know, about life and friendship and just life experience and stuff. Like, we got along fantastic. But then as soon as anything strategy came up, he was so damn arrogant that I just wanted to, like, smack him or poison him or do something to just get him to wake up and play the damn game that he said he was such a fan of instead of playing with these people who didn't care. Yeah, it's it's such a hard one. Kellen, on the flip side as well, you could see last night uh, during your vote out that she was really emotionally affected and she was crying at having to vote you out. So clearly there was a relationship built there where you were able to connect over having those shared life experiences. Absolutely. Uh, Kellen and I bonded pretty immediately. And we, you know, we shared a lot of personal stories with each other and we really could relate to each other. I mean, we're both into yoga and meditation. We, you know, we've both been through a lot of the same life experiences. And I really just saw a lot of myself and her where I was five years ago. So she kind of became my soul sister out there and they didn't show that, but we were, we were very, very close out there. Stephanie, I got to ask you this straight away. This is my biggest disappointment of the whole episode was, firstly, you were sent to Ghost Island, which, you know, it's one of those things where it can be great, it can be bad, and your situation, it was bad because you went there and there was no game there for you to play. Uh, You know, Ghost Island, it was my my demise. Like, it was so heart-wrenching that I had to go there, first of all. Well, I was excited to go there. Yeah. Um, I wasn't excited that I wasn't going to be immune because, you know, we didn't know, like, are we going to be immune? Are we not? And so, first of all, I wasn't immune. But then I get there, and I'm fully 100% expecting to be able to play a game because Jacob and Kellen, who are the only two that I had talked to about Ghost Island, both had the chance to play. And so I thought that I would either, you know, lose my vote because I guessed wrong or I would get this advantage and possibly be able to turn the entire game around. So when I got this piece of paper that basically said, nope, sorry, like, you can't do anything. It was just, it was gut-wrenching because I feel like every ounce of power for good or bad was just taken out of my grasp. You just had no luck this season at all. And I think you have to have an ounce of luck to survive in this game. Yeah, it's a huge amount in this game, and unfortunately, you were not on that side this season. Uh, I, I've got to ask you a little bit about that as well. So, you said that Ghost Island 
impacted your game. Do you feel like that when you got back that you could do anything to say in the game? Or do you feel like that 24 hours away, like, as you mentioned in the episode, was really detrimental to you being able to sway their votes to keep you instead of someone like Michael? Hugely detrimental to me. I think had I come back with an advantage, it could have been a different story. You know, maybe they would have wanted to work with me or could have figured something out. But the fact is, is that they had 24 hours to strategize and talk to these people and build relationships and even throw my name out. And I wasn't there to defend myself. And I had nothing to offer when we got back. We lost immunity. And, you know, I came back and it was just a completely different dynamic. People who hadn't been speaking very much were now talking to each other. And I knew just immediately after I pulled Michael and Jenna aside, they, they were acting totally different towards me. And I'm very perceptive. Like, I picked up on that. I'm not an idiot. So I, I knew that there wasn't much that I could do. Even if I, you know, the, the thoughts that I had on Ghost Island of big stunts we could pull, I needed that loyalty. I needed those two votes in order to pull anything off. So it just, you know, it was pretty detrimental to my game, Ghost Island. Did you consider pulling a Jacob and, and creating some kind of fanciful lie? Or do you, do you feel like that wouldn't work? I absolutely thought about that, but everything that I could think of, I would have needed their two votes. You know, if I if I did like a still a vote or, you know, any type of one of these advantages, I would have needed their votes to be with me. And I knew immediately that they weren't going to be with me. And I had just told them, you know, I, I didn't get the game, but this is what I'm thinking. So, I mean, I, I showed them all my cards because I thought that maybe we could think of something, but I realized really quick that I couldn't. And so my best bet at that point was to search for idols, which I did until the last minute. And also then just work my relationships with Bradley, Callan, and Chelsea and just pray to the survivor gods that by some miracle, they pick Michael over me, which I knew was a long shot and basically impossible. But, you know, that was my only ounce of hope. I don't have much more time with you, Stephanie, so I have to ask you one last question. In your day after video, you talked about having three major takeaways from being on the show. What are your major takeaways from being on Survivor all this time now removed from the show? You know, I take away this amazing adventure that I had and these relationships. And I think that, I think it's being here now, it's actually, it's the relationships. The relationships that I built with people were actually as genuine as I thought. Like I've got these lifelong friendships with people that I would have never met otherwise. And, you know, some friendships are, are worth a million dollars, if I'm being honest. So everything kind of played out the way it should. I wish I was still playing. I would have given anything to go further. But I am very thankful as my key takeaway for the relationships that I've built with people and friends that I'll have for a lifetime. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for chatting to me today, Stephanie. Uh, as your number one Australian fan, I'm disappointed, but I hope to see you play sometime in the future. Thank you so much. I hope so too. Okay, there you have it. My ex-interview today with Survivor Ghost Island, Stephanie Johnson, someone who, yes, went out pre-merge, but someone I definitely feel could come back and play a good game. All right. That wraps up my exit interview and the recap for this week. Go check that out with Mr. Adam Ritter. We talked all things episode five. Uh, find me on Twitter at Ryan V. Brink and let me know if you enjoyed this podcast. All right. Until next time, the community has spoken. I'll chat to you very, very soon. Bye. Stephanie, the tribe has spoken. Time for you to go.